0: Scripture reading this morning is from Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Please be seated. Thank you, Jimmy, for reading the scripture today, and Thank you, Jonathan, for these beautiful songs and for your very kind participation in our worship and in our singing. very grateful for that, grateful to have you. Thank you for being with us today. We're happy to have children and grandchildren with us today, and so we have a house full and we're very happy about that, so I hope you'll have a chance to meet them and our children and grandchildren, and and, uh, uh, I've told them so many great things about you. They feel like they know you already and we're very happy to have uh, them with us today from Oklahoma and Tennessee. And so that's uh, filling up our house this week, and happily, happy that it's so. Uh, if you notice in your bulletin, uh, I've asked Teresa to put on the front page a graphic about our Searching the Scriptures forum. There'll be more said about that as we have our announcements at the concluding, conclusion of our worship today. But please mark in your calendar September 19, 2021. 20, That'll be our Searching the Scriptures Forum. Let me just make mention very briefly of that, and that is Brother Don Hatch from the Beltline Congregation, and Irving is going to be with us as one of our guests, Brother Clay Williams from the Glen Heights Congregation. Uh, just south of Dallas, and then uh, Robert Johnson of Longview Congregation is going to be a guest for us this year in September, and they're going to be handling the questions that you pose. So should you have some questions for them, please give those to us now so that we can work that into our our forum. We do this each year. We invite three uh, special guests to come and answer your questions, and they'll do that on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday night. We've had a variety of questions, and and it's always been a very interesting discussion, and it's always interesting to me to hear the panelists discuss back and forth among themselves some of the issues that arise from the questions that are posed. And so I encourage you to start giving us your questions along that line. A number of questions have already been given. Thank you for those. And we want uh, whatever questions you have as best we can, we'll try to work those in. We each year get more questions than we can handle. And we have a limited amount of time, and so... I do encourage you to go ahead and get your questions in, and we'll try to get those worked into the program as best we best we possibly can. That'll be September. And again, more announcements will be made about that, and I just wanted to make mention of those particular matters in the beginning moments of our worship today. Uh our lesson in our worship today. I'm coming from Philippians chapter four, and then it's a great verse. Philippians the fourth chapter. Um beginning right at about the fourth verse and on down through verse seven if you have a bible's handy you'll be reading that particular passage as i discussed it this morning and it's a great verse that helps us through the difficulties and the problems of life you know a number of years ago i used to enjoy watching the um, television program Candid camera i wish i'd get back to some programming like that on television you you didn't know how the person was going to react and the camera was hidden And they would set up a particular type of situation, but the person there didn't know about it. And it was so humorous to see how they would act and react to the situation. One that comes to my mind was in a department store. And they had this elevator. Uh, Not elevator, but escalator. Escalator going up. And uh, actually, the escalator was going down, and they put a sign out there take the up escalator pointing to that one but the escalator was going down and so they thought they would see how people would react and rather humorous to see how people would jump on this escalator even though it was coming down and tried to take it up to the next floor and uh, some would jump on and try to run faster than the escalator would bring them back down and it was a rather humorous thing but they weren't privy to the matter though the people behind the scenes had the camera and were filming it and it was quite a humorous thing and uh, I think I could mention just a a number of situations like that and I remember one fella trying her his very best to run up that escalator I think he actually made it but it was a hard job running up the escalator even as it was trying to bring him back down. But I think of that when I think of Philippians chapter 4 and 4. Because every one of us are being called upon to rise higher than what we are and to go up. But we're on an escalator that's trying to bring us down. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. And sometimes it's hard when you're on your way down that escalator. This world's bringing us down and it's telling us to do this and to do that and we do the wrong thing and we think the wrong way and we say the wrong word when really we want to be going up and we want to be going better and doing better and being better and and being more like Christ, our Lord and Savior, when this world is trying to pull us down. And it's bringing us down and bringing us down and all the time we're trying to go up up, up. I think Philippians chapter 4, 4 through 7, is an amazing passage. And I'd like to study with you today about this great passage of Scripture. It tells us rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Isn't that a hard thing to do? Again, I will say rejoice. Whenever the Bible tells us one thing, it makes it important. All it has to do is mention it once, and it becomes an important matter. But when it says it again like that, we know I've got to pay special attention to what it's telling me. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. And sometimes we feel like the Lord is so far, far away, but He's at hand. He knows the difficulties that we face Do not be anxious about anything. Now, that's a tough one there. I'm in Philippians 4 and verse 6. This English Standard Version translates that anxious. But don't worry, he's saying. Don't worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now, here it is. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. My English Standard Version has guards there and that's a pretty good way to render that. Your King James may have keep and you know back in the old English days when the King James translation was given to us they used to call prisons and jails keeps because they would uh, keep the convict in the prison keep the convict in the jail and they used the word keep here conveying the idea that the peace of God will protect and keep. Uh, We have uh, the idea of guard, uh, giving us the idea of protecting us and guarding us, will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I can tell you the very day the light came on for me when I saw this great verse. I'd read it many times, but when I really seemed to understand it, Philippians 4 and verse 7, I was studying at night, and uh, I was trying to prepare for an exam and that kind of thing, and it was in the exam in Greek reading course, which is a second or third year uh, course for us at the graduate school, and I came through that, and I thought, man, I see it now. I see how that God is trying to protect me. God is trying to keep me, the peace of God. Now, this peace of God comes from God which surpasses all understanding. It doesn't come the way the world thinks it comes in verse 7. And that peace which God provides, which comes in His way, will keep me, will guard me, will guard my heart and guard my mind in Christ Jesus. And I thought, this is a great passage. And I think of it quite often. One of my favorite cartoon characters would have to have been Peanuts. Peanuts and Charlie Brown and Lucy. And it just seemed like Lucy was always on earth just to straighten out Charlie Brown and his crooked ways and crooked thinking. And whatever problem Charlie Brown did, Lucy was always there to lecture him. And he was feeling very down and very bad about uh, something one one time. And he had this little Abner dog patch kind of attitude. I know I'm dating myself a little bit here, but at any rate, he was very down in the mouth and kind of had a sour disposition. Lucy comes up to him and says, now, Charlie, you've got to... You've got to realize that there are days where are filled with sunshine. And then there are days that are filled with rain. And you've got to realize that there are days that are like mountain peaks and mountain heights. And then there are going to be days that are like low, deep valleys. And there are going to be days with a lot of uh, bright, sunny clouds. And then there's going to be days with a lot of rain where we don't have any sunshine at all. Charlie Brown says, Yeah, it's raining in my valley today. That's right. It's raining in my valley, and it's a dark, dark day. Is it raining in your valley, and is it a dark, dark day? Philippians 4 is going to help us with the peace of God that passes all understanding. John Steinbeck wrote a book one time called Travels with Charlie. And Travels with Charlie talks about taking his dog with him, and he's going throughout the countryside and meeting different people. And, and in this book, Travels with Charlie, which I read in college, I, I remember some of the conversations that he had, and he would talk to certain people about these matters and, and about this and about that. And it was very interesting to talk and read about his conversations with people. And people had a very unusual way of describing how to get peace in this life. And I think that's the way it is with a lot of folks they want it, and they have unusual ways to try to get it. But this Bible passage here is telling us how to survive the rainy days that are dark and when we're in the valley. So let you and I take our Bibles out and let's study very carefully what this Bible passage is telling us and let's learn what we need to know about receiving the great peace of God. Here we go. Verse 4 is talking about praise. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Praise God. When we have problems in life, learn to praise God. The Bible is telling us to refocus our thinking here. It's trying to tell us don't be down in the mouth about the matter. Don't be down and depressed about the matter. But learn to rejoice in the Lord always, and again I will say rejoice. Learn to praise God. When we have a difficult problem of life, learn to praise God as we ought to and focus that attention. The Bible's very concerned about how we think, and it's trying to tell us we need to focus and rechannel our thinking in the right direction. And when the problem clouds come and the difficulties of life come our way, we need to refocus and channel that thinking toward God. Now, the person in my family who's the photographer is Carol. I let her do the camera taking and the picture taking. Uh, because it seems like every time I try to look through the lens and focus just exactly right to my stigmatism the the picture comes out a little blurred and a little out of focus but I think that's what this bible passage is trying to tell us to do the first thing we need to do when difficulties arise in our life rejoice in the Lord always focus focus on God focus on praising God don't focus on the problem. Don't focus on the difficulty. Don't focus on the rain in our life. Focus on God Almighty and praise Him as we ought. Now, there's a point here in verse 5 I think that we need to study as we're working together out of the Word today. And in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 5, he says, Let your reasonableness be known to everyone the Lord is at hand. And to help me remember what's going on in verse 5, I thought of focus in verse 4, but I also thought of um, poise in verse 5. I shouldn't lose my poise over this particular matter. The Bible's not going to give me more than I can handle. And I need to remember that point. I'm going to be tested in life, and I'm going to receive a lot of difficult hands in life and a lot of problems in life, but I need to be able to reasonably keep my poise about the matter. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And here's a great passage of Scripture. I think it's simple enough for us to understand. We just need to believe it. And in your Bibles, I hope that you'll notice 1 Corinthians 10 and 13. No temptation has taken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. And He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, He will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Now, we've all read that Bible passage. Again, it comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and the verse is verse 13. And in that passage is trying to tell us, you know, you're going to be faced with a lot of difficulty in life and a lot of problems in life, but these problems are not just unique to you. These problems are common to man. Everybody gets them. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. And I think that point right there helped me in times of difficulty. God is faithful. I can always count on Him. And He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. He's not going to allow it to overwhelm me or to so put this pressure on me that I just cannot bear it. But with the temptation, He will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. That last phrase where He's describing the matter, He's saying there's a way to escape this. There's a way to handle this. There's a way to deal with this. And I may not know exactly where that escape is. And I may not know exactly how to handle that matter at the present, but I know it's found in the confines of God's Word that by my studying the Word of God and reasoning about it and studying about it properly, I can find that way of escape. I can find that energy and strength that I need to overcome the problem that is facing me. I read one time, and I saw it several times visiting Alaska, about the bull mark. The bull mark is on a ship The plimsoll mark on a ship is a straight line on the lower portion of the hull. And you see numbers going down and numbers going up. A ship is not to be below its plimsoll line. It may be loaded down with heavy cargo. And so they watch the plimsoll line and they see how far down it is or how far up it is in its draft in the water. And so sometimes it's overloaded and they see it's below the plimsoll line. They take some of that load off. Or if it's a little high, riding a little high on the ocean, then they'll put more cargo on the ship because they know it's able to bear it by looking at the plimsoe line. Now well, that's what he's saying here in verse 5 and in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. God's not going to put more on me and submerge my plimsoe line. He's going to give me what I can carry. He's going to allow that to happen. And it's not going to be more than I can bear. 1 Corinthians ten thirteen. And I'll be able to bear it, I know, because God is faithful. The things which I have to face in this particular life, I face that which is common to man. And the plimsel mark is not going to be underwater. So I'm going to keep my poise about me, verse 5. I'm going to remember, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Now here's a point I think we all need to be reminded of. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. When the difficulties of life come, I am to express supplication to God. You know what supplication is? Supplication simply is an earnest uh, uh, question or, ask, or asking of God, a request of God. It may be a very specific request that I am making of God. And here I know that I've got to turn to him in faith and pray regarding the matter, speaking to God sincerely, reverently about these particular matters. And God is going to hear that prayer and he's going to answer it in his own way for my benefit. Do not be anxious. Don't be filled with worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. There's that word. No, requests made of God. I'm making this request. With thanksgiving, be thankful for what God has done for us. Let your requests be made known to God. Always be of a mind to prayer and, and never be the kind of person who's too busy to pray to God. Sometimes we'll sing that song, Ere you left your room this morning, did you think to pray? We don't pray in such a way that it's a rote, memorized type of speech or declaration. No father wants his child to speak to him out of a memorized mechanical speech. I would want my children to speak to me out of sincerity and out of love and from the heart. And God is no different in that respect. God does not want some kind of memorized platitudes that are strung together, just said over and over again in a mechanical type of fashion. But God wants our prayers from the sincerity of our heart to hear us, As a child of God, I communicate to God. And there in turn I have this promise, a promise given in verse 7. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is the promise that has been given to us. The praise, the poise, the prayer, and then the promise. All within Christ Jesus. God's going to guard The word guard there, you know, I just think that means a whole lot to the passage in verse 7. Will guard, will keep. And I've given you just a thought or two about that word guard. It really reminds me of the old fort back in the Indian days when you saw on television the westerns how that the Indians would attack the fort. But the fort guarded them. The fort protected them. And so it is with our hearts. God will guard our hearts and minds in christ jesus philippians 4 and verse 7 it's the promise god will protect us because we're in christ we're children of god he loves us and cares for us we'll protect and we'll guard i read a book years ago named contiki maybe you've read that book or heard about it i think they may have made a movie out of it i'm not sure Thor Heyerdahl. Thor Heyerdahl was an anthropologist and an explorer. And he had the theory that people had populated the Polynesian islands from South America. But most of the academic scholars uh, rejected the theory. How could that be? It's too far from South America to the Polynesian islands. How did this population get there? Where did they come from? And Thor Heyerdahl decided, I'm going to see that it's at least possible. So he built a bossa wood raft. And he named it Kontiki. And he built it like it would have been built in that day, the ancient days and ancient times. And he took his crew with him. And they took only the necessities that the natives would have had at the time. And they left the coast of Peru, headed for the Polynesian Islands, 1947, 4,300 miles. It took him 101 days. And the whole story about Contiki is the travel from, this, from the western coast of South America all the way to the Polynesian, Polynesian Islands and how that they actually made it. And as they actually come up to the coast and they see the waters and the breakers and how dangerous it was, he realized, you know, we're going to have to hang in here with this boat If we don't, if we get thrown off of the boat, we're going to die. Uh, We're not going to make it ashore. And they saw they were in reach of the shore, but yet the breakers were so treacherous and the water was so uh, brisk and heavy and and breaking against the rocks, they realized, let's tie ourselves to the boat. And so they did. They tied themselves to the Contiki and they made it. And it's only because they tied themselves to the boat that they're able to weather the breakers and accomplished the task, and Thor, uh, Thor Heyerdahl proved, at least as possible, that people could have come from South America and traveled all the way to the Polynesian Islands and populated those islands at that time. And I read that years ago, and I thought that's the way it is with Christ. If we don't tie ourselves to Christ, when the breakers really come in our life, we're not going to make it. I want to tell you, quite frankly, I don't see how anyone survives the difficulties and the problems of life without Jesus Christ. He's saying in this passage, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, the praise, the poise, the prayer, and the promise. I've got another passage in mind, though. I've got a few minutes left, so I want to talk about that. And I wanted to discuss it with you. You and I have spent special time in the book of James, and I want to go to that because it speaks directly to this particular matter. And there, in fact, are four verbs in this paragraph that's going to help me Receive and understand better the peace of God, especially in times of great difficulty and trial. And I'm looking at James chapter 1, and I'm at about verse 2. And that's one of the very first verbs that I have, and that is count. Now, he talks about the word trials there. You may have temptation in your translation. Count it all joy, James 1 verse 2. My brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds or temptations king james version there are times when the devil tries to tempt us doesn't he and you want to go on over there to verse thirteen fourteen and fifteen And read about that kind of trial. That kind of trial is a temptation to do sin. And the devil tries to tempt us to sin. And he's talking about that in James 1, 13, 14, and 15. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. And he himself tempts no one. So I can't blame God on these matters. And I can't do the blame game and try to blame him for the temptation to sin And when I yield to the sin. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. And 14 and 15 is a very interesting passage. Because in that it sort of tells us the mechanics of how all this temptation and and yielding to the temptation and sin develops. And then verse 15, desire when it has conceived gives birth to sin. And sin when it is fully grown brings forth death. And he's certainly talking about the temptation to sin and my yielding to it and how I must resist it. Now over here in the trials of verse 2, he's talking about something else. He's not talking about a temptation to sin there. That's 13, 14, and 15. Over in this particular passage, chapter 1, verse 2, he's talking about the difficulties of life. English Standard Version translates it trials. King James Version translates it temptations or or tempts us. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. The trials of various kinds, there would have to be the difficulties of life, not the temptation to sin. That's 13, 14, and 15. The trials here are the problems that we face in this particular life. And one of the verbs that I have in this passage that's going to help me with this is the verb count count it all joy. And you might not see it so much as a verb like that, but it really is. And he's saying, consider it and ponder about it and study about this particular matter. Even though you're facing the difficulty and the problems of life, now stop and consider the matter and count it and consider, uh, uh, study the matter, count it all joy. Study it as a a positive thing that you're facing these particular matters. Now, it gives me another verb here, and I want to catch up with you on that and my verb is found in verse three know for you know now that's an important verb that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness that's something i want you to know now i want you to consider and ponder the difficulty that you're having to face and i want you to know something that there's a benefit behind this particular matter that god never really promised us a rose garden here You remember that old song that was so popular a long time ago? I never promised you a rose garden. Well, that's what God is saying in this passage. I never really promised you a rose garden here. Even though you become a Christian, even though you have renounced sin and you've repented of sin, and you've been baptized into Christ, and Christ has added you to His church. I never really promised you a rose garden here in this particular matter. you got to count the trial and the tribulation, and you got to know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. There's a purpose behind this. The testing, I want you to know, it's sort of like spiritual barbells where we're working out And we're developing spiritual strength and we're growing stronger by what we have to endure. It's a strong verb, no. He's given me another one in verse 4 and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. The word let here is a present tense verb. It says, let it allow, let this continue. Let this particular situation, which is a trial and a difficulty of life, continue to help you and grow by that process. And let. So I've got count in verse 2, I've got no in verse 3, and let in verse 4. Let this go on and let this happen so that you can grow by it and receive the benefit by it. And let steadfast, steadfastness have its full effect. That you may be perfect. In other words, complete and mature and complete, lacking in nothing. But then I've got another verb in verse 5 that I want to make mention of, and that's the verb ask. And he says in verse 5 If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. Let him ask. You see, James 1's helping me with this problem. I got Philippians 4 helping me with the peace of God that keeps my heart and my mind. And i got James 1. got a lot of material here to help me understand the difficulties of life and the problems of life that I may be facing, even though the Bible's talking about enjoy the peace of God and never worry about this particular matter. I've got a verb here that says you need to ask God for wisdom. Now, he's not talking about knowledge here. He's not saying that we've got to ask God, give me a lot of knowledge. Make me a whiz kid in the Word of God. He's not saying that. You can be a whiz kid if you study God's Word, but he's not saying ask for that. What he's saying is ask for wisdom. Ask for the ability to see this as God sees it, and it takes a wise person to do that. It takes wisdom to be able to see that. It takes wisdom to be able to understand this the way God understands it. All the time, I'm trying to understand it like me. I'm just a poor guy here trying to understand why I had to go through. If you have problems with that, ask. Ask God for the wisdom to understand it the way He understands it. And notice what He says. Who gives generously to all without reproach. And it will be given Him. James 1, verse 5. God will not rebuke you. For asking for wisdom. I didn't say, and he didn't say, ask for knowledge. You can get the knowledge by the study of the Word of God. But he's saying here, you ask for God's wisdom. The ability to see this and understand it the way God sees it. And the way God understands it. And it'll help me go through it. Let it have its work. Get the benefit out of the trial and the trouble. Know this. I've never been promised a rose garden in this life that I'm going to have to face trial and difficulties in life. And when it comes, count it. Consider it. Ponder it. I see that I'm suffering. I'm seeing that I have difficulties in life. But there's great benefit to these particular matters. I need to consider these things very carefully as I face reversals, and all of us will, and if you haven't, you will. It's coming. It's just coming. I preached one time in Philadelphia back in 1976. First time I've ever been able to be there. Congregation up there asked me to come. Spoke. I had a Christian college up there at one time, and I spoke there for them, and then I spoke for a congregation there, and enjoyed my visit it was the 200th birthday of our country and we were celebrating it in 1976 and i enjoyed going to philadelphia then and and to see the sights i saw the liberty bell and i saw a play there out in the downtown philadelphia and i just thought it was a wonderful way to spend a july and a vacation and and preach for the lord too and i did one of the teachers there at the school told me about the mummers and i said who are the mummers he said well the mummers you don't know about the mummers no i don't know anything about the mummers and he said well the mummers are the ones who have the um, the parade every new year's day in fact they claim it's the oldest new year's day parade in the united states mummers day parade january 1 and they each um, community in and around the philadelphia area compete and all year long, they, they, the wives sew on the costumes and the buttons and the badges and the elaborate outlandish costumes that they wear. And then the guys, they're practicing their instruments and that kind of thing. And each community has its own group that participates in the Mummer's Day Parade. First day, of July, Philadelphia. So I didn't know that. He said, let me tell you a story about Mike and Pat. I think he said their name for her. Two Irishmen. Now, this was told to me. I didn't know about it. He said, um, yeah, we had this uh, story. It's supposed to be a true story. I don't know. He said, uh, we got Pat and Mike, two Irishmen. And Pat, Pat said to Mike, well, I can out-march you in the Mummers Day Parade. Mike said, oh, no, you can't. I can out-march you in the Mummers Day Parade. He said, well, I'll tell you what. Well, let's put it to the test. He said, okay. He said, you put five beans in your shoe, your left shoe, and five in your right shoe. And I'll put five beans in my right shoe and my left shoe and let's see who can march the longest. He said, okay, it's a deal. You can't march out march me. So each one of them put beans in their shoes. And the Mummer's Day Parade began and uh, Mike walked about two blocks and gave out. And his feet hurt him so bad he had to fall out, took his shoes off, took the beans out of his shoes and uh, put his shoes back on and then caught back up with his place in line And uh, he was looking for Pat, but boy, he was mad. Because Pat was in his place, and he never did miss a step. And he caught back up to Pat, and he said, Hey, look, you didn't put beans in your shoes. He said, Oh, yes, I did. He said, No, you didn't. He said, Yes, I did. I put beans in my shoes. He said, Well, how is it that I could only march two blocks, and my feet are killing me, and I had to fall out, take the beans out? And you're still marching right along. Pat said, It's because I cooked mine first. (laughs) I don't know whether that happened or not. That's what they told me. But I thought, that's how we're going to get through these problems. The Christian's going to cook them. The Christian is going to bear them. Because Christ's going to help us cook them. Christ's gonna help us get through them. Without Him, I can't make it. With Him, I'm gonna go through this problem. I'm going to count it all joy that I face this difficulty. I'm going to know that that's a part of this life. I'm going to receive the benefit from that by letting it develop in my life. And I'm going to turn to him and ask him and say, Lord, help me. Care for me. Protect me. Bless me. I'm going to cook this problem. I'm going to march right through life with it. And overcome it. Only the child of God in Christ can do that. Only those who have been obedient to the gospel of Christ Repented of their sins, Luke thirteen three. Confess their faith in Christ, Romans 10, 9 and 10. Baptized into Christ, full of the remission of sins, Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Can claim the blessing of being in Christ, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, where every spiritual blessing is to be found. I can't understand why everybody's not a Christian. Because of the problems of life. Count it worthy, and now I'm prepared to handle it because I know God's not going to let this heavy load go and push my plimsoll line below the water. I can withstand it. I can handle it because I got the peace of God, which passes all understanding. Will you not become a child of God today and become a Christian? Have you not been so motivated by the preaching of the Word of God that you won't repent of your sins now? Confess your faith in Christ. Be baptized into Christ for the remission of sins. You've been unfaithful and you have lacked your faith and dedication to Christ. Won't you do something about that now by repenting of it in your heart and your mind and pray to God to forgive you in the matter? I hope and pray you will. I hope you do it right now. Won't you come while together we stand and while we sing?